0: (laughs) Turn your Bible to 1 Peter, chapter 4. Let me pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your word. I'm excited to preach this word, Lord. I pray that it be special in the hearts and the lives of those who are in this very building today, God. Do a work in us, Lord. Help us, God. Uh, Lift us up. Give us hope and, and bring new perspective to the table for us today. God, we depend on you for all those things. And we ask this so that we can take your word and apply it to our lives and move forward for your glory in our everyday actions. And everything we say and everything we do, let it prosper and grow for your kingdom's work to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we love you and we thank you. we ask your guidance now in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Today I wanna talk about uh, something that I think will be super impactful I wanna talk about being a people that's connected to the comeback. Write that down. If you're writing anything down, write down connected to the comeback. We should be a people. Remember what I preached last week? We should be a people that shut the door on worthless worship. Well, I'm kind of following along with the trend of what the Lord's been speaking to me here. I'm just relaying it to you as he's uh, teaching me. I'm relaying it to you and following along with this flow of what God's been doing in my own personal study. I want to talk about today being uh, about being connected to the comeback. Everybody loves a good comeback story, don't we? We love it when the underdog finally gets a grip or gets some traction and really makes something happen. We we tear up at movies that display this well. We get emotional when our favorite team wins something big or wins a trophy or wins that championship. We enjoy a comeback. And that's what I want to talk about, being a people that's connected to the comeback. Comeback. I don't know if you know it, but we're a part of one of those stories, and it's magnificent if you look at it with a magnifying glass. And in the end, you'll see that though we're connected to the comeback, the comeback's not necessarily about us. It's more about somebody else, our king, our our great savior, Jesus, but we get to be connected to the comeback. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 7, the end of all things is near therefore be alert, somebody say alert, and sober-minded, somebody say sober-minded. Finish that verse for me. The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Here lately we've been making it an emphasis of our existence here at Overcome Church to pray more. The small groups have been praying more. Uh, The leadership has been praying more. If you come on Monday nights, you'll be with us as we pray more. A big thing is prayer around here lately, and I'll tell you why. It's because God is not only this, but other things, but God has been so faithful to answer our prayer that we pray more, and we believe that if He was faithful, then He'll be faithful now. And there are many needs among the people of this church. There's many needs among this uh, congregation, and 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 uh, the vision we see for the future. There's needs. There's financial needs. There's physical needs. There's logistical needs for this church to grow into the vision that God has given us for the future. And every time we pray, God answers. And so you know what we'll do? We'll just continue to pray. We'll continue to de- uh, to depend on Him. We'll continue uh, to trust that he is faithful. He was faithful then, so he'll be faithful now. Come on, say it with me. He's faithful then, so he'll be faithful now. Do you believe that in this place? I want to talk about being connected to the comeback. God's all about the comeback. I'll tell you that right now. He's all about the comeback. He's all about redeeming things. He's all about making things new. He's all about making things uh, that were headed down the wrong road do a complete 180 and head in the right direction. Look at the Apostle Paul. He used to have another name, Saul. But he was changed. Anybody been changed in this place today? I have. That's my story. God had taken what was corrupt and old and, and uh, marred and stained in sin and made me new. Not by anything that I had done or, or accomplished, but all by what he's done and accomplished on the cross. Because I've trusted him as my savior. I've been made new. I've been, like my feet have been set on a solid rock, the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, my savior. You wanna know why the Bible uh, calls Jesus the solid foundation? You wanna know why we all, uh, we, we get excited and we'll say, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is Why do we all know that? It's because it's true. Christ is the solid foundation. It's like before I met Christ, before I placed my trust in Jesus, I drudged through the miry clay. You know, everything is sticky and things fall short and I fall short. But when I placed my faith in Jesus, my footing became secure. I was established upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I know you got that same testimony in here. But I would consider that the comeback, the comeback of my life, where I was headed down a dark road towards loss, but wound up in the winner's circle. I think that this message is going to wind up as a two-parter, because I've really got so much to say about this. The Lord's got so much to say about this. I don't think we can fit it all in today, and I won't try because I know everybody's ready to go to Bojangles. I mean, Bojangles, you don't know Bojangles. We call it Bojangles. Anybody got a weird name you call another restaurant, like Mickey D's or Bojangles or huh, hard A's. Hard A's, yeah, Hard A's. Okay, I'm not alone in here. I'm amongst friends and family. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, anyway, off track, rabbit, rabbit trail. <laughs> God is the God of comebacks. That's what I want to talk about today. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 4 here. Let's get back on track here. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober minded for prayer. I think this first uh, part of this two parter here connected to the comeback, um, uh, we got to talk about focus. We gotta talk about being focused. We gotta talk about what our sights are set upon. It's been a theme here lately, our sights. What are our sights set on? What is our focus on? How are we navigating these waters here as we watch and wait? I wanna talk about being a people with a kingdom mindset watching for a kingdom reset. How many of you know that the Lord of all creation, Christ our King is returning one day? Do you know that in this place? If you don't know, you should know. And you should be prepared. You should be a person who has a kingdom mindset watching for the kingdom reset. There will be a day when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be a day when Christ sets his throne up for a thousand year reign here on earth. It'll be a kingdom reset. The old will pass away. Behold, the new will come. And I'm excited about it. But then again, I'm nervous. Because as somebody who preaches the gospel and shares the word of the Lord with people, there's this angst. I don't know if you feel it lately, but there's this angst among preachers. There's this angst among people who teach the Bible. It's like the Holy Spirit is giving us this urgency here in this season. Here in this time, the Holy Spirit's placed on us this urgency. If you don't feel it, you oh my goodness, it's intense how the Lord is really just placing this urgency on me. And it's not like I've uh, not been, you know... Like, oh, we should have a sense of urgency to tell the gospel, tell people about the word of the Lord. No, it's, it's different than that. I don't know how to really explain it, but God has really just been placing it inside of me and on me, and I hope that He's doing the same with you. This urgency to tell the world because the end of all things is near. And we should be focused for the sake of our prayers. We should be Sober-minded and self-controlled for the sake of our prayers. You know, all good things must come to an end, and all bad things will never last forever. The Bible says the end of all things is near. Death follows closely to that which is alive. In other words, not to be so weird or direct, but sooner or later, our time will come to an end. They've not figured out how to escape it yet. We're all headed for a transitional event that we call death. And there's nothing you can do about it. Not to be so, like, don't take that as uh, weird or or to direct this morning, but it's the facts of life. And some of us work in the field where you see a lot of death. Some of us work in the field where you witness a lot of that transition happening, where people pass from this life to another. And so I I know that our culture and humanity, for years and years and years, have been trying to either prolong life or figure out what that transition looks like or what it is or, or you know, what it means. And so there's a lot of questions of what happens after death, right? And uh, unfortunately, Christianity has been labeled as a comforter for that transition, right? People will write faith in Jesus off as uh, people just trying to feel better about uh, you know, that transition, that's coming. But let me let you know something. Christianity and your faith in Jesus is not something just to make you feel better about the transition from this life to another. It's true, it's sure. And for the sake of your prayer, I hope you're focused. Because the end of all things is near, the Bible says it's at hand and you should be watching for the kingdom reset we should be a people that's connected to the comeback in this way that we are a kingdom we have a kingdom mindset and we are watching for the kingdom reset or watching for the lord laying wait and and watching while we're waiting not being distracted by the world around us do you know how distracting the world is around us like every day is a new pandemic, and every day is a new um, worldwide catastrophe that's happening, right? It's crazy. If you turn on the news, it's wild. Every day is another thing. We've, we've gone to such a, an extent that now the government's talking about aliens. I don't know if we have any Alex Joneses in the congregation today and I won't go down that rabbit trail, but what I will say is the end of all things is near. So be sober-minded and self-controlled for the sake of your prayers. I think if the end of all things is near, if Jesus' return is close or at least closer now than it ever has been, the one thing I want to have put together or the one thing that I want to know and make for sure that I have right is my connection with the comeback. My my connection with who's coming back. Amen? I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to lose my focus and get caught up with this nonsense, these distractions of the devil, when there's a comeback. When there's a comeback. I want to be connected to the comeback. I want to have a kingdom mindset while I'm waiting on the kingdom reset. So whether we like it or not, One day, Jesus will crack the sky. And you don't know when it will be, and I don't know when it will be. But I know that one day, the the sky will crack, and at that moment, we'll be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. And then there'll be that great war that Jesus will stand victoriously in as death, hell, and the grave will be defeated again publicly. And all those who have placed their faith in Jesus will stand triumphant with him. This is why I say it's nerve-wracking, but also very exciting. Because I know, like, ooh, it's one thing to be a man, right? And to be a husband, to be a father, be, you know, be a dad, and, and, and know that your family's there. It's safe. Like, I know. Like, Natalie just got saved at VBS. Praise the Lord. Last one. Last one done, because me and Sandra ain't having no more kids. So, hey, yeah, <laughs> Noah got saved. Natalie got saved. We're all baptized. Uh, Sandra's... I hope she's saved. Uh, I know I am, right? I'm just joking at this point. I'm making light of the whole deal. But the the fact of the matter is like, okay, it's reassuring to me as a husband, as a father. It's like, okay, now I nurture this in them. I nurture this and we wait. We have this kingdom mindset and we wait and we watch for the kingdom reset. Because I know that the Kaiser family, we're going to be in the triumphal victory of Jesus as the enemy is defeated for the last time. I'm getting into a little bit of prophecy. I hope you don't mind. But the end of all things is near. We should be focused. Instead of grumbling about things that don't suit us. Instead of getting upset with uh, uh, things that don't matter. Right? So-and-so wore that at church. I can't believe it. Take your eyes off of so-and-so and and put them on Jesus. So-and-so said that. Why are we so apt to give grace everywhere else but the church? We don't want to give active grace. Let me tell you what. David was an adulterer. He's a mighty man in the, in the word of God, though. Paul, well, he killed Christians. God used him to write most of the New Testament. We'll give grace if it was past stuff, but we're not apt to walk in real-time grace. We don't know how to give real-time grace. And this is what I'll just say real quick and I'll move on quickly because I don't want to lose your attention here. But we ought to be a people that can give some real-time grace, okay? It ain't about what so and so wears or so and so says. It's not about what they paint the what color they paint the walls in church or the lights or this or that or the graphics or blah blah blah. It's not about all that. The devil's got you. uh, Your focus on the wrong thing. You better set your sights on the things above because we ought to be a people who has a kingdom mindset. And the kingdom mindset is not focused on the things of the world, but it's focused on the things of heaven and the things of Jesus, the things of God the Father. And if we are so distracted by the things of the world we will miss what the Lord is doing we will miss seeing the kingdom reset more on that here in a minute I don't want you to be confused the end of all things is near look at what it says be of sound judgment and of a sober spirit for the purpose of your prayers for the purpose of your prayers being vigilant watching focusing somebody say focus Focusing on what's at hand. It's at hand. Jesus' winnowing shovel, the Bible says, is in his hands. That means the tool that he uses to separate the wheat from the tare, the fruit from the weeds, or to reference uh, any other illustration, the goats from the sheep. Like that is at hand. That, that transitional moment, that moment where Jesus declares that uh, uh, I am separating my people from the people that have rejected me. That moment is coming. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for the moment? Do you, can you imagine standing before Jesus on his throne right now? Can you imagine? I want to curl up into a ball and dry up. Even I I'm confident that his blood has washed me white as snow and I'm covered under his blood. But still, who in this room could stand boldly before the God of creation? and, And just, you know, who's ready to face that? It's intimidating. Now, the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find our help in time of need. So it's available to us. But still to think about it, imagine Jesus cracks the sky and stands right here right now in front of you. What do you do? Can I teach a little bit today? I don't want to preach. I I just want to teach a little bit today. I just want to talk. Can we have a real conversation today? What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. It would, to be honest, it would freak me out. I'd be like, oh my goodness, what is happening? The better question, somebody say the better question, is are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to return? Are you saved? Are you secure? Have you been redeemed? Are you living a life that is focused on the kingdom uh, mindset? Are you focused on, uh, on, on Jesus and, and what, what he is doing? What he is doing in you, on you, and through you? What he is wanting for your life? Are you focused or are you distracted? Are you ready? Are you not? We should be a people with a kingdom mindset, watching for the kingdom reset. Why? Because the end of all things is near and Jesus has his winnowing shovel in hand. Secondly, I want to I talk about this. The Bible is 66 books. It, it's compiled of 66 books, mostly letters, also writings of, of prophets and people uh, of The Old Testament era, uh, where God had said, Hey, write this down. And it would be God's word pinned on parchment. But the Bible is compiled of 66 books, two comeback stories, I believe, and one overall narrative. I believe the Bible is one overall story from cover to cover of Jesus' love for his creation and your redemption. And here, this is why I think this is going to be a two-parter, is because there's two comeback stories found in the Bible. One is when Jesus returns for his bride. The second is when his bride comes back to him. I think we live in a day and age where his bride needs to come back. Somebody say, come back. His bride needs to come back. I feel like... And this is just feelings, and feelings are uh, trivial here. So I may be the only one in the room, or we may all feel the same thing. But I feel like the bride of Christ has drifted and drifted and drifted and gotten comfortable in complacency and gotten comfortable in uh, all these things that have distracted us from the Lord. And it's time for the bride of Christ to come back. Why? Because when the bride of Christ comes back, there will be the great comeback. Or, I mean, it's not contingent on whether or not it could happen at any, any day, any hour, right? Jesus has given us the signs for this. But what I want to communicate today is this that the Bible is two comeback stories with, an, uh, with one overall uh, narrative. And these two major comebacks are found in the Bible when Jesus comes back for his bride and when his bride comes back for him. And that's what I want to talk about. Today I want to talk about what I'll call comeback one. I want to talk about comeback one. When Jesus comes back for his bride, this day is known as the great and fearful day of the Lord. You ever read that in the Bible? The great and fearful day of the Lord. Why does it label itself as the great and fearful day of the Lord? It's because the world isn't ready. And the world will not be ready. It's on you to make sure that you are. No one knows the day or the hour that Christ will return. No one knows. And I know that old times uh, pastors have used this as a manipulation tactic to make sure that the altars filled at the end of the service, but I don't care what you think this is. I'm preaching truth today. And I want you to know that Christ is coming. He's coming and he's got his winnowing shovel in hand and he will separate those who are his from those who have rejected him. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of that separation. So I'll be sober minded and self-controlled for the sake of my prayer. So I know that I'm connected to the comeback. Are you connected to the comeback? Are you connected to the comeback? Are you sure that you know? Are you sure that you're connected to the comeback? Or have you been focused on other things? Has the devil turned your focus to the wayside? Are you giving your attention to the wrong things? Listen, church, you don't have to turn into a monk. No, I'm not downing any monks in here. uh, But you don't have to turn into somebody with no life to be connected to the comeback. I have... I've had the best times as a follower of Christ who is watching for the kingdom reset. I've had the best times with my family in Christ while we're all watching for the reset. You can be a person with a kingdom mindset watching for the kingdom reset and still live a life that's worth living and a life that is fun and enjoyable. I'll tell you what, my life now living for Christ is more enjoyable than my life of living in sin when I had everything at my disposal. People think sometimes that living a life for Christ means limitation and and, uh, rules, and to an extent it does. There are limitations for you. You're a different person. You're made new. You're separated for Christ. You're holy. That doesn't mean that you crawl up under a rock and don't say a word and don't live a life. Christ will teach you. If you get in this Bible, Christ had a good time. He'll show you to have a good time. Anyway, that's a different message for a different time. I want to talk about Comeback 1. The day is known as the great and fearful day of the Lord because uh, not everybody will be ready. Not everybody will be ready. And I want to give you, there's six of these things, but I'm going to give you three today. I want to give you six in total things that uh, you need to know about the comeback. Six things that you need to know about Christ's return. There's no way, shape, or form that I can completely um, give you everything that the Bible says about Christ's return because it says a lot and you wouldn't stay long enough to hear it all. But this is what I will tell you. One thing is that Jesus is coming back quietly. Jesus is coming back quietly. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 25. The Bible says this. I wanna give you a parable here. I wanna give you what Jesus said about the coming kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. This is Jesus' explanation of the kingdom of heaven and its entry. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. And when the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them. But the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. When the groom was uh, delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, and here's the groom, and and, come out to meet him. And then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. They were preparing, ready for the groom to come. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Oh no, their oil had ran out, because our lamps are going out. And the wise ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. And when they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the rest of the virgins also came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. And he replied, Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, be alert, because you don't know either the day or the hour. Is anybody looking at this parable and saying, What? Jesus is coming back quietly. Now, this parable is very unique in its um, in its explanation here, the return of Christ and the coming kingdom, because here it's the image of uh, a groom who is coming and ten virgins who are waiting for their groom. The first question I would ask is why is there no uh, like bridal banquet that would customarily normally happen? They would not be waiting outside with lamps and oil; they would be uh, already set apart. Why is the groom late to the wedding? What's going on here? Why are five of them prepared for the coming of the groom, but then the other five are not? What's happening in this parable? And let me, let me try to explain it the best I can. What's happening is a lack of focus. Lack of focus. What's happening is, uh, let me paint the picture. Jesus is coming to receive His bride but some of his bride is not ready to receive him. And the five who are ready with their lamps lay and they watch. But the five who are not ready or not connected to the comeback, so to speak, lack focus and they don't have enough oil for their lamps, And so the ones that aren't ready they come and they say hey give us some of your oil and the ones that have oil say no we don't have enough for us and you you're going to have to go buy you some new oil and what will happen is the ones that didn't have the oil they leave to go get new oil and the groom comes and opens the door and that door is a one time open deal and then it is shut and so the groom comes and he opens the door and the ones who were there and ready with their oil comes in and they begin the marriage ceremony and they begin beca- they begin the, uh, the supper and the and the in the reception and what happens is the door is shut and so the other five they come and when they come now with their oil now being prepared or now having what they need they come uh, but the door is shut and so they beat on the door and they're like groom let us in or Jesus help us let us in and what he does he opens the door he says who are you I didn't know you now what I want you to know is that this parable is not about the oil this parable is not about whether or not you got your oil. Uh, we could talk about that if you wanted to. But when you boil this parable down, you look at the, uh, the true intent, what Jesus is saying is like all of you are not focused. All 10 of them who were waiting on the groom were focused on oil, they were distracted. Five of them were very distracted. The other five were prepared and watching. I think back to the encounter with Jesus, Mary, and Martha. Where Martha's like, Jesus, what is Mary doing? we got cleaning to do. we got dishes to do. we got to make these, uh, these meals for the, the men. We have guests over. We should be working and tending to the guests. We should be working in this house. And Jesus goes, Martha, Martha, Calm down. You should be more like Mary. Did you imagine Jesus saying that? You should be more like so-and-so. Because Mary's chosen the better thing. What was the better thing? Somebody tell me. Sitting at his feet. Watching and waiting. Worshiping while while she waits. There's all this that needed to be done but in the presence of Jesus, she waited at his feet. And this parable speaks to that. There are some of us who are doing the better thing And while this time that is right before it, like we are in the preface of the return of Christ. I don't know if you know that or not, but if you watch the current events, line them up with your Bible. There is prophecy being fulfilled right before your eyes. And if you don't believe in prophecy, I don't know if you believe in the Bible because it is all up in through this. And if you don't see it, then open your eyes and you will. Prophecy is being fulfilled day in and day out. And the preface of the return of Christ is here. The signs in which Jesus had said to look for, and then you'll know things have begun, they're here. We've seen them. We're witnessing them now. The preface of the return of Christ is here. Choose to do the better thing. Half of us are doing the better thing, and I'm afraid that the other half of us may not be. Look at the church today just read a new article that was sent to me I watched a podcast that was sent to me from another person, but ironically enough, I was reading articles about the same thing. I think God's just communicating to his people. The church is hurting. The church as a whole is in decline as far as uh, membership, as far as people committed to the mission of the Lord. I want to break this to you. The Bible said this would happen. There'd be a great falling away. There'd be a great uprising, but then also a great falling away. Have you not noticed that people that have uh, gone away from the Lord are drawing back nigh? Have you not noticed that people who have been away from the Lord for some length of time is starting to nestle into their relationship again and trying to uh, 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 come back into a relationship with the Lord, getting more serious about the Lord? But then those that uh, are uh, maybe been doing church for quite some time, you see people falling away from the church that you never would have thought would fall away. And it's like, what is happening here, Lord? And if you'll open your Bible, He'll tell you because it's all written in here. Christ's coming... Is soon. Jesus will return. It's the great comeback. It's the great comeback. Are you connected to the comeback? Are you doing the better thing? Are you connected to the comeback in this way that you are focused, laser focused on what Jesus is doing in you, on you, and through you? Because if you're not, if you're distracted by anything that the devil has placed around you or on you or in you, you need to get out of that. You need to pray out of that. Pray out of that. Somebody write that down. Pray out of that. Say it to your neighbor. Pray out of that. Be sober-minded and self-control for the sake of your Be sober-minded and self-control for the sake of your prayer. You gotta pray out of that. Now, I'm gonna just be honest in here. How many of us, or I would like for us to be honest in here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us skipped real prayer yesterday or the day before? How many of us go days in the week without praying? For every prayer you don't pray, I want you to know That's another brick in the wall, and I'm not singing Pink Floyd in here. The devil will build up in you doubt and distraction. And he will cause you to lose focus on the the things of the kingdom with every prayer you don't pray. But the more prayer you pray and the more time you spend with the Lord... the more the devil can't touch you, the more the in, uh, influence of the enemy can't reach you, the more you cannot uh, lose sight. You can't lose sight of something that's right in front of you that you're looking at. You can't, you can't get lost if the GPS is Accurate. If the GPS is on in front of you, you can't, uh, you can't get lost if it's mapped out in front of you. Who's the map? Who's the way, the truth, the life? Jesus. If you have your eyes set on Jesus, if you have your eyes set on the kingdom, if you have a kingdom mindset and you're watching for the kingdom reset, there's no way that you can lose your way because you're following the Lord and he is the way. Does it make sense? We should be a people who are connected to the comeback. We should be focused on what the Lord is doing in us, on us, and through us, and around us. Don't lose sight of the Lord. Don't lose sight of what God is doing. Do the better thing. I know there's things to do. I know it seems fun to be with those people and hang out in that uh, that venue. I know it seems fun to, uh, to to do this or say this. I know it seems fun, or I know it seems enjoyable to take part in this. or or uh, I know sin is pleasurable for a short time, but it'll leave you high and dry. Sin is pleasurable and it's enjoyable for a short time, but it'll leave you messed up. I know it's pleasurable to take part in these things, but be focused, child of God. Stay focused. This is a word straight from the Lord. You better stay focused. It may be pleasurable for a short time to be involved in sin, to be involved with things that don't glorify the Lord, but it'll leave you messed up and and without focus. It'll leave you distracted. And it's time, it's high time that the people of God, the children of God, focus and get connected to the comeback. Secondly, Jesus is coming back quickly. It'll be quick, so quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 says, listen, I'm telling you a mystery. I'm telling you something that people can't wrap their minds around. We will not all fall asleep. In other words, everybody's not going to perish before Jesus comes back. He will come in a moment where some will be awake, some will be asleep. Some will be doing this, some will not be doing this. The Bible says we will not all fall asleep but we will all be changed he's coming quickly y'all in a moment somebody say in a moment in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible And the last part here says and we will be changed Jesus is coming quietly when you least expect it but he's also coming quickly and things will change We will be changed. Did you know when you're caught up to be in the sky with the Lord, you will change. Your body will not operate the same way. It will not act the same way. Some of us walked in here with some pain. Some of us walked in here, couldn't hardly walk. Some of us rolled up in here. Some of us can't lift one arm. Some of us can't lift one cheek. Some of us can't see correctly. Some of us need all the help we can get at home with an oxygen tube or this, that, or the other. Some of us, our bodies are corrupted, but there will be a time when we will all change. Praise the Lord. There will be a time when this old flesh will pass away, will gain new bodies, and things will be good. We'll be able to breathe, we'll be able to see, we'll be able to dance, we'll be able to sing, we'll be able to, we'll be able to do all the things that we can't do in the corruptible bodies now. And it'll happen like that. Like that. Hadn't been able to see right for years. Like that, you'll gain new sight. That's what's so excited about it about the return of Christ. That's what's so exciting about when Jesus comes back is because we'll be changed like that. The old will become new like that. This is why it's called the great and fearful day of the Lord. It's because just as quickly as we'll be changed is as quickly as It's hard to talk about. Just as quickly as we'll be changed, it's just as quickly as people will be judged. It's as quickly as you'll be separated. It'll happen like that. Just like that. Everybody just blink right now. Like that. Fast. And I know we put it off like, oh, we got plenty of time. But you don't. But you don't. You don't have that much time. And I'm not trying to be morbid in this place, but it's like you don't know. You don't have a clue what happens next. I could be here today and gone tomorrow. And Pastor Ben will pick up where I left off and you guys will grow and be, uh, be amazing disciples of Jesus in this place and it will be amazing. But we don't know. We do know that it will happen like that. So because we know it'll happen like that, there's something to have joy in. We can take joy in the fact that we'll all be changed. We believe and trust in Jesus as our Savior. You'll be changed. All that body aching and hurting and all that's going to be gone. You'll be able to see, breathe. Uh, you'll, you'll have a song to sing. We'll lift up praises to the Lord right there in front of his face. There's a picture online that I love the most. I got a poster of it. Um, it it's called... The first day in heaven. And it's a wonderful picture of a man or a female. They have it in both versions. A man or a female. And it's literally just the expression of that first hug with Jesus. A lot of people say, when I get to heaven, i got some questions. A lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to jump for joy. A lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. When I get to heaven, I don't know what's going to happen. But I hope it's that. I hope it's one big, great, wrapped-up hug with Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you what, that man has walked me through hell on earth, and I can't wait to hug his neck in heaven for it. There's a great expectation for what the Lord's going to do like that. Are you ready for it? Are you connected to the comeback? You see where we're going with this today? Are you connected to the comeback if you're not ready? There's good news. That's why the gospel is the good news. If you're not connected to the comeback, you can be because God's grace is free for everyone in this room. God's mercy is free for everyone in this room who will receive it. Who will receive it. All you have to do is receive it. It's a gift that's already extended to you. You just got to receive it. just got to take it and let it take you on. Thirdly, Jesus is coming back conquering. He's coming back conquering. Revelation chapter 21, verse one says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John's revelation. This is what the Lord showed John as he was exiled to the island of Patmos, as he wrote down the things that the Lord told him to write. The Lord said, write these things down. And he would write these things down. And and God gave him this great revelation of what the kingdom of heaven would look like after Christ's return. And this is what he says in some part of it. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And verse two says this, I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard with a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity. His throne is here, in other words, and he will live with them and they will be his. They'll be his people's. God himself will be with them and will be their God. And verse four says this, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And he also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Verse 6 says this. Then he said to me, it is done. Somebody say, it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. Who said that before? Where did he say it? At a well with a woman? And here he is again referencing that same concept. Those who will receive it will receive the water of life from the well of water that will spring up inside of them if they would just receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming back, conquering. Now, this is what I mean by that. He says there'll be not another tear shed. There'll be not another pain felt. There'll be not another disorder. There'll be not another uh, 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 separating um, stereotype said There'll not be any more pain. There'll not be any more arguing. There'll be not more, uh, any more fighting. All that will come to an end. He said, it is done. And when, when Jesus says it is done, it will be done. He says, there'll be no more of this pain. And so as I say that Jesus is coming back conquering, I want you to know that everything that has ever hurt you will no more. Everything that's kept you up at night will not exist anymore. Everything that's Cause you to feel anxiety will no longer cause you to feel this way. Everything that has come against you, the oppressor, the enemy will be defeated. Everything that has conquered you will be conquered. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise for that. Everything that has hurt you will no longer hurt you. Everything that has ever caused you to fear will no longer make you afraid. Jesus is coming back conquering. There'll be not another tear shed. There'll be no more pain because Jesus is coming back to conquer those things Jesus is coming back conquering I got a video I want you to watch I want you to watch this with pride for me if you will
1: 26 18 Georgia 69 seconds to play in the game Third down and 10, Alabama. They need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Don't let anybody
0: behind you.
1: Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline.
0: favorite parts coming up right here yeah baby
1: second ticks away dogs are winners a national championship for a new generation of bulldogs georgia is crowned the national champion for the first time in 41 years
0: somebody give god a hand clap of praise for the georgia bulldogs in this place oh what's wrong in here oh lisa you were in here too i'm surprised we didn't go running together Now I want you to know something, church boy, that I had not in my, now I've been a Georgia Bulldog fan since before Georgia Bulldogs were cool. All my life I've been rooting for this, this team. Boy, they had a comeback. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. I'd been a loser for all my life, and then all of a sudden, we won the national championship because Ringo came over. Ringo saw the ball, and he was just like, nope, Alabama, and took it all the way back to the end zone. And what happened was we had a chance. Now, we needed a two-point conversion there. Chances were slim. But, boy, Jesus came through. Amen. We got us a two-point conversion And we won the national championship and it was amazing. For the first time in 47 years, Georgia had a national championship. And the best part about it is it was against Alabama. (laughs) We beat Alabama. And you're like, Austin, why are you so excited? (laughs) Because we beat Alabama. And we won the national championship. And if you notice, every Georgia Bulldog fan in the world celebrated the victory almost as if we were on the field ourselves. It's because we were connected to the comeback. We had been rooting for the dogs and it seemed like we'd always lose. It would seem like we would always fall short. It would seem like we'd never see the light of day with a national championship and Ringo pulls the interception right out of his rear end. It goes all the way down to the, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the end zone and next thing you know, we're celebrating. We're celebrating like we ran the, the touchdown. We're celebrating like we won the national championship because we were connected to that comeback. We'd watch for it. Lisa, you and I have been watching for years. We've been watching. And finally, we got the comeback. We got the, we got the touchdown. We got the national championship. And we say we, and don't tell us it ain't we. Us Georgia Bulldogs will say, we won the national championship. Back to back, might I add. We were connected to the comeback. Now, I know it's weird to bring football into church. But I want you to know that we're connected to a comeback we're connected. Hey church, I got a God who's coming back victoriously for me. And though it may seem like, God, you've been long suffering. It may seem like, God, I've been walking through this trial for too long. Oh, it may seem like, God, I don't know why you would let me deal with this pain. God, I don't know why I got to suffer through these consequences. God, I don't know why I got to see this or or experience this. But one day, church, we got a God that's coming back. We got a God that is on the comeback. He's on the return. And he will make everything new and next thing you know, like that, just like that, everything will be made new. Everything will be made new. All the pain, all the suffering, all the All of it will be gone because we're connected to the comeback. Because when Jesus triumphs, we get to triumph with Him. That's our part as heirs with Jesus. The Bible says that because of what He's done on the cross. We get to be heirs with Jesus. And so when he comes back and conquers everything that's ever reared its head up against us, we get to stand there as conquerors against everything that's ever reared its ugly head against us. We're connected to the comeback. Now I want the band to come up. This is a good spot for us to stop for today. I want the band to come up and I want you guys to stand with me. I don't know if you've been focused on the wrong things lately. I don't know if you've been focused or distracted uh, by the enemy. I don't know what's been taking place in your life. I don't know how often you pray. I don't know how your connection with the comeback really is in this moment. But I want to ask you, church, would you assess that? Would you look into yourself? Would you look uh, look inwardly to see, hey, am I connected to the comeback? If he is really coming back soon, am I ready for this? Is my life, my prayer life with the Lord on par or is it subpar? Am I really praying and reading my Bible or am I not praying and reading my Bible? Am I living a life that's focused on the Lord or am I so distracted and need to regain focus? If you need to regain focus today, it's available and ready for you. Jesus will bring you back in to uh, to uh, a focused and ready lifestyle as soon as you're ready to do so. He will change your perspective on things. He will make you new in your mindset and your thought processes. If you would just say, "God, make me new in those. Take my uh, my distractions away from me. Uh, uh, disable every stumbling block in front of me. Pray these things. Show the Lord you're intentional. God is good." He's faithful to do a work in you, and he will. And if you need to come and say, God, just set my sights on the things of your kingdom. Give me a kingdom mindset as we watch and wait for the kingdom reset. If you would come so boldly and so intentional like that before the Lord, I promise you, he'll lift you up. He'll give you new perspective. He'll he'll build that faith up inside of you. Go forward trusting in the Lord. Go forward knowing that he may crack the sky every day, any day, rather. He may crack the sky any day. We don't know what will happen. We may fall asleep. We may leave this earthly body before he cracks the sky. Who knows? But no matter what happens, we have joy that he will make all things new like that. Like that. Hey, it's Pastor Austin. Thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for joining in on what God is doing right here at Overcome Church. I wanna ask you something. Would you consider giving to the ministry here at Overcome Church? We are looking for new ways and opportunities to expand the gospel message preached from this pulpit. We are looking for all the ways God wants to use us to reach people like you and people like me and people around the world. And so if you would like to join in with this ministry and truly impact the people that this ministry touches, would you please consider uh, giving safely online? Or maybe you want to send a check by mail to our P.O. box. or, Or maybe the next time you're here in person, would you consider giving either in the offering plate or or in the kiosk. Either way, you can choose one of these three ways to give to the ministry here and it will be stewarded well and it will be used to uh, truly impact the community around us for the namesake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope this message has given you good perspective, new perspective. I hope you can go now throughout the rest of your day with new thought and new determination to serve the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us here at Overcome Church. We love you. We can't wait to see you next time.